right. Well, welcome back to another re-education experience podcast with me, your host, as always, Darren Langill. Today, again, I am honored because you don't have to just listen to me in a solo sode. You get to have another incredible guest on for us to pick their brains with. So today, um, joining me for this conversation is an incredible agent down in Southern California. One of those places all of us kind of always look to about like, let's follow these agents because they seem to be on the forefront of everything. But her name is Carrie White and uh, she has uh, she's joining us down from uh, Santa Monica area, LA region. Whereabouts are you living right now? Is it Santa Monica or is it LA? We're in Santa Monica, it's an incorporated city. So uh, it's part of LA, but it's its own city like Beverly Hills, Culver City, but the rest of it's kind of a mishmash of LA. But yes, it's very beautiful here today. And thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. I'm honored to be here. Yes, Carrie and I have been friends for years now. And yes, again, now. many of our closest, we continue to stay quite close with, but we go back as a kind of a bit of a tribe going about eight years or so. And all of us have seen a lot of evolutions in our business. All of us have taken different paths. And again, the people that come and go into our circles, again, same thing. That's the crazy thing about this business and why we should always be open ears because we can all take a different direction. And um, where Carrie, Carrie's gone a completely different direction with my path was big team growth and lots of numbers and massive volumes and all the headaches that come from that and brokerage ownership. Carrie has played into that game, but she, I think her strength continues to land on Carrie, like an incredible success story agent, but she's built a team around her, but in a different way, right? I think you've tested a few things along the journey um, and we'll unpack this a little bit, but predominantly you are the, the major force when it comes to your business, trading the real estate and you've built an army of support around you. Is that fair? Yep, 100%. Um, I think what did Tom Ferry used to call it, like the, the mega agent, the minions? It wasn't one of his favorite paths back then. I don't know if things have shifted, but it has worked perfectly for me in having the support under me because I get to be the face no matter what. And my name is what brings in the clients. But throughout the transaction, I'm not really around. I'm just making sure that nobody's going to get sued and the house is in good shape. Everything else is taken care of by the team. And like my coach had said to me, they don't need many years ago, not even the coach I'm with now, they don't need carry. They need the carry experience. And that which that's what shifted everything for me to let go and not be so concerned with needing to be there all the time. And then this last year with COVID, it reinforced that because you literally didn't have to be there. So I really got to test this method I'd been working towards couple of years prior and put it into action. And now it's still, you know, I wrote an offer this morning for 3 million 50 on a three, one, four, nine house. <clears throat> There's multiples, but they don't think it's worth that. I haven't met these clients. I've done a zoom with them and I didn't even show them the house last night. Wow. But that is just an example of the reputation, all the years of work, all the online presence, the social media, the reviews, transactions, but all of that is only possible with the team underneath me. I really believe the I, there is no I in team is hugely important. So yes, that, that has worked for me and we can go dive into that a bit more later. I didn't want to segue. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a great point to just start <laughs> off with a bang in a sense, because to do that, again, we'll, we'll go a couple directions here, but to do that and have that confidence to like step back, have your clients know that there's a full machine there 
And it's not only agent-based machine, like that's the typical. I got a bunch of buyers, agents, other agents. I've got this structure of folks that make what I could do on my own way better. And that machine is better than just me. And I know you hiring a realtor, but this, this realtor and this machine is better than what I could just be on my own. And I love that. Exactly. We say that when we meet new clients too, we have a little script, but we say to them, even with sellers on listings, we say, it's not about me showing the house or me showing you the house. It's about the house being shown when you want it to be, or when someone wants to see it. And that's the most important because access is one of the keys to selling homes is being able to see it. So I try to make my listings and get my clients into properties whenever they want to. Um, I feel like it's kind of a, it's a pain to have that mentality because you like to set your, your life up at least 24 hours in advance, but the consumers aren't like that anymore. They want it now. They want Amazon Prime now, not Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime now. So I'm trying to adapt to that world, even though it doesn't vibe with me as much because I like to be organized and prepared, but the consumers have changed now. So I'm trying to make it so that they feel, <clears throat> they feel like they have on-demand they feel like I'm always there. And it's funny, some of the reviews I get from clients that I feel like, God, I really didn't text them back fast enough or as, as much as I wanted to and whatnot. But they their reviews are like, she texts me 24-7. They were always available. But I think it's just constantly hearing from all the people on the team. They just feel like it's all the carry ship, you know? Oh, that's incredible. Well, let's backpedal a little bit. So the, the right now, you're currently at the agency. Yes. Uh, I mean, so the agency... So they're mostly US based, mostly hotspot markets, right? Incredible, a lot of luxury. <clears throat> and I yes. know they're creeping across and they've got a franchise model. But for, for most people, they would have found and heard about the agency based on the roots where you're closest to, right? Yep, and Beverly Hills. The agency is known for its inception, which would be nine years ago now in Beverly Hills on Foothill Boulevard. Um, and since then, they've grown dramatically. I um, a lot like Redline has, and they have franchised out into other markets, but they're all usually high end. So they opened in Canada as well. I think Calgary and what was the other one? Out in Victoria. Victoria, yes. And then um, Mexico, they're in Puerto Vallarta. <clears throat> um, they just opened a New York office too, but um, they've definitely expanded and, and grown a lot, but they identify with the luxury brand. Gotcha. And then how long have you been at the agency now? I believe eight years. Holy, it's been that long. Already. Seven. The longest place I've ever been at any brokerage. Yeah. So I joined, I think in 2000, end of 2014. Yeah. Right. When Eric and I started like dating for real, for real. Uh, so yeah, 2014. And you know, it's, you, I jumped around a little bit prior to that. I was at every brokerage in LA, Remax, Keller Williams, the busy blondes, Prudential. And I remember saying to the our mastermind at the time, I want a brokerage that feels like our mastermind. I want to feel like it's open. And well, like, you'll never find that. When I walked into the agency, that's what I found. It felt like I was walking into a mastermind of friends who wanted to see everyone succeed and share. So it's it's been a great company. But again, at the end of the day, you, you're your brand, not your company. You can lean on them and lean on the tools and the support, but you have to utilize them to make it worthwhile. So the brand doesn't create you, you have to use it. And if you don't have a good brand behind you, that's another story. Um, <clears throat> but it's really, it's a, it's a unison between the two, the brand and the agent. But just a little background. I know we, we kind of, we said we were going to do an intro. <laughs> we just started yabbing our heads off. 
Um, I am born and raised in Los Angeles, which is a great benefit to knowing the areas. And I have been doing this 17 years, which is crazy at 36 years old. So basically it was in my last semester at college doing five units so I could graduate in four years and selling houses all at the same time. So it was, it was really, really busy time. I mean, I can't imagine doing, doing college, selling real estate. You just, there is no, there's literally no time off. Um, and I was working in the Valley of LA where my parents live. And once I realized I wanted to have a different career, I moved over to LA proper. And that's where I started to kind of start over and rebrand my business. So a lot of people feel like, oh, you're so young and successful. How did you get the, how'd you get like that? And you know, 17 years is a long time to be doing anything. So you know, there's a consistency that goes along with success and you know, for new agents, you just, you have to be patient with it because it wasn't an easy road. It's still not an easy road, but the challenges change. It changes from not having people that not having prospects to not being able to close deals. It changes to having too many clients and managing team members and, you know, studying new investments and how to make your money work for you and how to not be burnt out and manage your time and that those types of things, whole new challenges, but very different from the beginning. And you aren't always in the luxury <laughs> side of things too, right? When I think we first connected, I remember a lot of the price points you spoke about were sub a million. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, then, then you, as you were stretching yourself and, and growing, I guess that would have been used yeah, at that point, you were still already a decade into the business. Right. Exactly. And now these last few years, you've really translated higher into the average price point. What would be your average price point today, Carrie? About two. About two? two? Yeah. Which and is then like five years ago, that would have been f- five years ago. It was under a million for sure. Yeah. I mean, now there's never anything on the books really under six or seven ever. If it is, it's just like a little one bed condo or something in Westwood. And it's like a friend, not a friend or like someone's daughter or son or something, everything under a million. I do sub out. I do have a couple buyers agents. So right. everything under a million, I sub out to them help with it's also more challenging market but yes that was something i was actively committed to i wanted to get into a higher price point it wasn't going after the five and ten millions which i could have but i was just going for area because i worked a lot in the valley and you know outside of la proper but once i focused on working in santa monica brentwood palisades marina venice that's when obviously you just naturally grow into that price point of a million half to three which is what i mostly work you were so I mean what I'm hearing you saying is that you were quite intentional with that this wasn't just like I fluked upon a nice listing and then off I went you you made a concerted business change to adjust what was do you remember some of those things that like you needed to put into practice that would just get you focused on these on these ranges and do you think back to those days no that's a really good question everything has been super intentional as of the last eight, nine years, I would say, maybe a couple years before, kind of right around before I met Merrick. Eric, I was, my husband was a very different person prior to that. And coming into this mastermind, I know we were all in a, a different place back then, but I'd been in real estate already, what, almost 10 years, 
but I wasn't really having any success. I was still trying to work part-time jobs and working, helping other agents do things because I didn't have a goal. I didn't have intentions. I didn't really know what I wanted. I just thought I want to sell houses. But once I got into the Tom Ferry ecosystem and I started going to workshops and listening to, not podcasts at the time, but listening to motivational people, then I started doing my morning routine. Then I started thinking about what type of clients I wanted. I wanted, I remember reading the book. Um, I was at Keller Williams at the time with, my team leader was Christian David, who's a very good friend of mine, came to the wedding, adorable, still a, a great friend, even though he's at Sotheby's. Um, and he gave me this book, the seven, 13 Laws of Leadership, uh, John Maxwell. And oh, yeah. it's, uh, it, it was all about you. It wasn't about your surroundings. It's like, you want change in your life, you have to change inside. And it was such a powerful book that really started me on that path to an intentional type of life. And it's like right around the time when I started getting into Darren Hardy and Tom Ferry had his book and just the whole world changed because of that higher consciousness of living, which I feel like you're either in that consciousness or you're not. And once you're in it, it's a different world. I mean, that's a commitment too, because a lot of, well, most agents, right? They'll take whatever business comes their way. Right. And that'll be this county, that county, this price point, that price point, this style, that style. But then nobody really wants to say and hone in on something. Right. They get freaked out that they're going to give away business, but they don't realize how much they're giving away by not focusing. Yeah, exactly. So you have to say no before you can start saying yes in a lot of ways. And that's really that's challenging as well. You never want to say no to any clients. Um, You know, at first, like right now, I don't do leases at all. I nowhere near them. Absolutely not. If I represent a landlord, my team will run it. I don't see the property. I don't even, it's just an absolute no. Whereas a few years ago, I didn't feel comfortable saying no. I'm like, well, it's in Santa Monica. It's a lease down the street. How can I say no to this? But the more I started saying no to it again, other opportunities, bigger opportunities came in the way that I was available to do instead of running around with lower price point or leases. I was in a different place at a different time, meeting different people, opening up different doors. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that opportunity cost that people can't, you can't really quantify until you let yourself get there and let yourself be the thing you're supposed to be, or I mean, like act as if, um, exactly. but yeah, it's scary. So we mentioned a lot of things there. I'd like to hone in. Um, you currently have a real estate coach now, right? Yes. And that's been, it's been years, right? How long have you been in the coaching circuit? Yeah, I've been coaching since 2013 with somebody. Um, there was a time period where I started working with a local coach here in LA, which is great because I got connected to a lot of the high-end agents here. I know everybody here now because of that, which is great. Um, and then I was working with an intuitive female coach during my woo-woo phase. You know, I'm still woo-woo, but I was diving deep into all those spiritual seminars and chanting and all that stuff, workshops. Um, and now I'm back with the Tom Ferry organization and just, I feel like it has the structure. It has it all. It has the structure, it has the connections and it has the systems type coaching um, and the, the fun side of it. So yes, I think everybody needs a coach. I actually have a coach for my assistant. I have an admin coach. Um, they do a call every Monday morning, like a group call. And then they have one-on-one calls and we have calls. So it helps them feel like they have a space to, they have a voice. And a lot of, you know, I just, I feel like training coaching is, is the key to success in any way. You know, actors have acting coaches, uh, professional sports players practice every day. So real estate's the same thing. 
I love it. And I love that you kind of went through these iterations because, I mean, I've been through that journey too. Mm -hmm. I had an incredible coach for, for four years with Bill Pipes and, and that was a long journey, actually. I don't think a lot of people stay with their one coach without graduating onward. I was just lucky that he had a skill set that could take me a long ways. Yes, very um, true. Yes. But most of the times you're adjusting. You have to adjust because you, well, or if you're growing, right? And if you're moving ahead. Yes. Good, good. I mean, even your incredible coach could get to a point where they aren't the right fit anymore. Yeah. And I, I think what's interesting, the person I'm with now was able to pivot. Um, I think it was maybe three months ago. I was like, I never want to talk about a buyer or seller ever again. I want to talk about new businesses. I want to do something new. What, what is it? What should I do? And he owns a lot of businesses and he coaches a lot of teams and a lot of people that have businesses. So he was able to shift and help me push through this, the new venture that we're working on. And I think there's so many uh, people can be so multifaceted. You just need to find out. And yeah, if, if it wasn't the case, then I would move on, of course. Yeah, yeah. A big part of your world is social media. <clears throat> yes. It's huge, right? And I mean, I would, I would assume this is, you've got to be in one of the most competitive social media spaces <laughs> yeah. in the planet, right? Or even just, I mean, not just for realtors, but like eyeball share, the amount of distractions and the amount of high quality, strong content in your region of the world is insane, right? I mean, it's like the who's who of everybody trying to be anybody and yeah. uh, everything in between. So, but you're cutting through this somehow and, and making a name for yourself. I mean, why, how, how is that happening? <laughs> you know, I've never thought of it like that, but you're right. We are in LA. So we're against people that are on TV. You know, if they think of LA real estate agent, they're going to go to Bravo and million dollar listing and those sites. And that's who they want to follow. Now, Frederick is on this season of million dollar listing LA from New York. And now I'm like, mm, this changes everything, Frederick. I love him from New York. Love, love, love. Um, you know, I think it goes back to anything where you want to break through. You have to be yourself. You have to be authentic to what you want, who you are, your voice. Um, I looked at what I wanted out of my social media a few years ago, maybe 2016, 2015, 2016. And I just rode with that plan. I was like, okay, what, what are my pillars? What kind of people do I want to attract? Then I had to start going and being in those places, going to those restaurants, going to those workout places, being that person in that scene, tagging them, you know, and just staying consistent with it year after year, just continuing to grow. And with that consistency always comes success. But I think really just not giving up, that's one of the biggest, the discipline of consistency is, is far more valuable than anybody really gives it credit. You know, I, I feel like I'm boring. I feel over it, but clearly I'm not, <clears throat> but you know, if, if there's so many times I'm like, Oh, this is silly. Why am I doing this? And it's, uh, it's, it's more powerful than you realize when the calls that come in now are just people that feel like they're your best friends. Um, people actually ask me now if I have time for them on my schedule. Um, it's just a different type of energy. It's, it creates, um, you become a role model, like a professional role model in your industry versus a sleazy salesman. Right. So when did yeah. it change from being, because we all got into this journey and everybody's out there trying to figure it out at a different level right now. And it's supposed to be natural and, and authentic and just like share our journeys. But there has to be, just like you mentioned, some intention, no different than trying to be in that X price point to raise your price point. You made a plan around it. Socials would have somewhere flipped from purely 
off the cusp to, okay, I want to be real and authentic, which you are, but also down this intentional path. Like when did you flip that switch and how are you pulling that off? Because you do put out a lot of content, right? And I'd love to unpack that for some people just to get that intentionality figured out. Because uh, again, people get lost. They want to almost spray and pray with their message. Right. You know, it's a really good question. Somewhere along the lines, I it might have been a book I read, but I understood that social media was for people's entertainment People were on there to be distracted, to find another outlet. They're not going on there to be upset. Like all the people, the people that got really heavy into the COVID stuff and the politics, I mean, that was a massive, that was a horrible idea because you know, any opinion you have, you just alienated everybody else from being your client if you share your opinion. So most people would never know this about my Instagram, but if you actually looked at it, you will never ever see any of my opinions sprinkled throughout anything. All I do is talk about facts about the market and share what I'm doing, what I choose to share. Um, when I realized that you needed to, like there was a certain way you needed to post. Hey, it was the best example. Someone said, okay, if you get engaged, you wanna post 30 pictures of your engagement, you don't. You pick one of your favorite, you post it in the morning, and then you can post another one in the afternoon and make a cute comment about it. And I started to understand, okay, you, you have to, it's small doses. You need to, so to speak, curate your life, curate what you want to share. And there's so many photos and stories and things that I don't post, but you know, it's, it's because you know, what really is exciting about that. And then there's certain things that are your hobbies that you're like, I don't care. I'm going to post a million stories of the formula one cars going around the track and you can't even see them. I'm like, I don't care. I just love that. But you know, for the most part, I, I'm careful with, definitely very careful with what I post, but understanding that it's something that's a tool than just social. It's social for most people, but for us, it's a tool to market ourselves and to put out a certain persona that we want. So I don't talk politics. I don't complain. Like sometimes I'll have a rant as I call them where I'm, I'm ranting, but I never, I'm not like negative, like, oh, the weather sucks today, or this person sucks, or appraisers are losers. You know, I go on there and I try to always be positive. I try to be funny and silly and just entertain people. And with that creates um, a very easy person to follow. And then once you see like, oh, this is just a normal person, then you're like, oh, she's actually selling houses. Oh, wow. She has a lot of, she has a lot of knowledge. Because uh, I used to think once my clients saw me on Instagram, I'd be like, oh my God, how embarrassing. I'm so goofy. They're going to think I'm so unprofessional because I'm so buttoned up with my clients. Like who I am with my friends or other realtors on Instagram is not really who I am professionally. Like the feed may be who I am, but not the stories. And so it's funny because now my relationship with my clients is a little different. I am a little sillier. Like I'll go in their house, I'll take off my shoes to try to be polite. But then I'll sit down on their couch and like play with their animal. And I, I just... I don't know. I'm a lot versus being all prim and proper and yes, I'll have a glass of water and that's lovely. And I think well, it's you can just... be, yeah, you're being, people want people that are real, right? People pro professional, right? And we all play our professional standpoint. And in that moment, you're going to be good, right? You have to be pro, but that doesn't mean we can't be real people with real thoughts and real opinions. And like you said, as long as you're not treading those, those no go zones, um, yeah. People really believe that well. And you know what? So many realtors are scared to share just that, that like moment when that driver cut you off and you had something funny to say about it. And yes, you're not going down this like 
boom rabbit hole but you're you're sharing a real life moment like oh i i, I relate to carrie right yeah Both people curate so far that it's only the best and it's no there's no personality left right? that is a very true statement yeah you can't fake it that everything's perfect but you change it someone cuts you off you're like oh that's sassy little driver Ooh, you know you make it just silly and funny even though you're probably like want to run my car into them kind of thing but you don't say that <laughs> on social media yeah. i think that's the you just it's like you wear different hats like who are you when you're with your partner late at night sharing things who are you with your children who are you with you know um colleagues who are you you know what hat do you wear in all different situations like i even dress differently depending on what client i'm going to see i mirror and match all my all my people so i think that your social media is just another hat that you wear of the person you want to portray to be. You can you can dress to depict how you are. So it's the same thing with social media. As a, I mean, social, us us men, I don't think have the same, uh, there's things that don't come our way that come your guys's way, right? As, as women out there on social, the, the amount of stuff that gets thrown your way that is completely irrelevant to our careers I hear it from our agents at Redline all the time, and I don't have really an answer to just the the shit that uh, a lot of people will send your way because you're so public. Uh, us as realtors, we are on display, right? I mean, you don't show up to your client's yeah. house like in rags, like you, you're yeah. done up and you're, a, I mean, you're usually well put together as a realtor. That's our job, right? And if, yeah. we're, if we're not, we don't really get the clients. Exactly. How we don't work out that, right? How do you manage that that as, as a woman? Because I have a, I mean, every single month, even in my brokerage, over half of the agents that are on the top 10 list are women. Uh, mm -hmm. so I have a really strong group and I'd love, I wish I had stronger women that I could lean on, like yourself, to like provide some of these answers. Like well, I'm happy. happy. How do you deal with it? Right. No, it's a it's a really good question. And I think it has to do with how you portray yourself and your confidence. I have had situations that are uncomfortable, um, but I feel like I put myself out there in a different way. Like, sure, I'll wear cute outfits, but I'm not going to be wearing some skin tight dress leaning over a car with my ass sticking out saying this house is for sale ever. And if you're doing things like that, I do think it invites some sort of feedback. Yes, sex sells, but there is a slight there is a class to it that you must have, but I also think I have a good intuition when it comes to people I meet. If I feel like something's suspect or I feel like they don't have good intentions, I'm very quick to cut it off. And if anybody's engaging and they don't really have a, a they're not really a buyer, you can tell if people are buyers or sellers or if they're trying to get your number, in my opinion. So anything like that, I, I shut it down immediately. And sure, you get all the weird calls and people breathing and saying provocative things, but you just hang up and block them. I mean, maybe there's people that get uncomfortable with, with that and no disrespect for that, but I just let it roll off and move on. It's just part of part of having your name out there. It, it, something else I do too, I never really post where I am in the moment. Like if I'm at a workout or a restaurant, I always post it after the fact, whether it's later that day or the next day, always, because I don't ever want anyone to know that I'm literally at hot yoga at 645. Most everything I post is the next day. So people actually don't know where I am in the moment. I think well, I like that. that's a great that's a great message yeah and I never post anything with my address on it or you shouldn't really know where I live from my Instagram even if I have mail and there's something funny I'll block out the address yeah, yeah. um but you know I think it's a it's an energy you put out there if 
you don't want those types of people coming towards you when you're selling houses, you're just you're like, I am here to do business. I am not here for dates. I am not available. And if you want to work with me, you will respect that. And if that's not what you're interested in, move on. I mean, I think that, I mean, that body of work that you portray to the world, you know, will, sure, there'll always be the crap that shakes through, right? But when you're, again, just as, just putting a great, real, raw person out there that's pro, uh, it will cut through most of that. But yes, it's you're saying it's not the right part of the business, but it's part of it that we can't shake. It's going to happen because of the, the way the world is. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's the same as um, fakes. We got, a, we got a lot of fake people here that have fake proof of funds, try to see houses just because it's LA. Um, you get people you show houses to for a year that buy with someone else. There's just, there's downsides to our business that it is what it is. And some of the creepers, Fair enough. you know, Love if it. they're not really scary, just take it as flattery and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always a way to flip, right? And I love that, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, control. We we can control the emotional reactions we have, right? Exactly. You can't get Don't offended if someone's hitting on you at the end of the day. Okay, so in terms of social media, you're you are getting business from it from your organic social media. Is that fair to say at this point? Like you put a lot out there, but is that uh, is that translating to income? Yes, 100%. Yes, 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 yes. I was just talking about this in my um, membership club that I have teaching agents about Instagram. I was saying the first real piece of business that I got from Instagram was somebody who had emailed me and it was 2018 or I think maybe 19. And they, they bought a house for one seven and they referred me someone who bought a house for one three. They resold it for two, two. And they had somebody else that came through from Instagram. Um, they bought a little condo for seven fifty, and they referred me someone else that bought for one five. Um, and then another client bought for one, two and referred me someone that bought something for eight. So Yes, there has been a lot of business that has come from specifically Instagram. Um, but like you were saying, you do have you do put a lot of content out there. Uh, we we post almost every single day and it's like another full time business, but it's well worth it. It's a free free billboard, as I say, it's the easiest it's never you were saying too when we were chatting there's two ways to this there's organic social media to just continue to build more people that can follow and share in your journey right in which they will convert and they'll refer friends to but then there's just this opportunity for your database to stay connected with right 10 years ago when we were managing our databases they didn't have this platform to just watch us like we're on tv and People don't realize when you like and trust somebody, they want to follow you. They not, they're not following. They're just like they 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 feel like they're part of your life, exactly. and, and that's not creepy. That's not like putting you on a pedestal. That's like I care about each other, and I'm I'm excited you just came back from Cabo, or that you yep. just got this, or you know. But a lot of agents get in their own heads. But to share with me this kind of like two pronged. Keep it, keep your social media with your database and keeping them in front, you front and center, as well as maybe some of the stuff that you gear towards the growth side from your social. Can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a very, we're very planned in our Instagram. So when we meet people, we get referrals, we immediately make sure that we follow them on Instagram. Um, all of our past clients, as soon as we close, if we haven't already been following them, we make sure that we're following them. 
So we are very intentional about making sure that everybody that's in our ecosystem is on our social. And when we're posting our house for sale, we didn't used to do this, but now we tag them if they want us to. We ask for permission because a lot of times they share. And the biggest um, referral you can get is social proof from someone actually seeing the work that you do. Um, so that's that's obviously very powerful. But we, I don't do paid Instagram ads or Facebook ads. I have done them in the past and they are great. But I, I feel like with Instagram, you don't need to pay for ads as long as you're using it consistent, consistently, meaning at least four or five times a week with posts and, of course, doing stories as much as possible. Um, and it's, it's easy just showcasing what you're doing. And even if you're not if you're not that busy, you can go to a broker's open or you can just go outside, like find houses in the area that are for sale and drive by them and do a few stories like this one's this much, this one's that much, this one's this style. And there's so many different things you can do to put content out there on your Instagram, even if you're not selling any houses. But we document everything that we do. We started doing all the before and afters for our listings to show the progress, to show what we put in. So then I'm on a listing appointment and I'm like, oh, well, here's why you need to paint that green and maroon wall white because here's the before and after of all these places we've held fixed up. Here's one that didn't listen to me, it sat on the market, then we took it off and we painted it and then put it back on. You know, so it's uh, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. So sometimes you feel like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending so much time on this? But the, the output, the feedback that you get from it, it's, it's like you're constantly in front of people and it's not like an email. It's not like a little market report that has some numbers on it. It's you, your face. And at the same time, being insecure about it, people are going to like you or they're not. So if they don't like you on social, they're not going to use you and work with you in real life anyways. And who you are is who you are. Like, oh, I don't like how I look on video. That's how you look when you show up to sell them a house or list their house. So that's just a hurdle. That's just a headspace you have to get over and never think about again. Because unless you're living under a rock, then you need to be comfortable with who you are on social. I mean, look at some of the most famous people on social, like Gary Vee, for example, that blew up. He's not a good looking guy. I mean, he's hilarious and adorable in, in that space. But, you know, these aren't, um, they're not like Darren Langeels or anything. Oh. You know, people are, people get famous or get credibility from being authentic, not just because they're popular or good looking. It's when they're being real. So people like to see that on social and the more you do it, the more it grows and staying consistent with it. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to stay consistent. People say, I don't know what to post, but if they need help with what to post, I have my new membership club that I can help with. Um, yeah, this, this is like, a, this must have started as a, like a pet project for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it just turned into people asking me the same questions all the time. How do you do it? What do you talk about? How do you stay consistent? What's your plan? What's your social media calendar? How do you know hashtags? Can you talk about IGTV? And, you know, it's it's fun to speak. It's helpful to gain um, people's trust and to network with other agents across the, the nation or the country. Of course, that's always a plus side. But other than that, it's just just talking about things. I'm like, why don't I put this together in some kind of fun way that helps encourage people to be comfortable on Instagram and to know what to do and what to post. And, you know, when I talk to my coach about some of the things like we, it's hard to find time to do a content shoot. They're the biggest pain in the butt. It's really awkward to sit there like, I'm on the phone, I'm looking at a house, I'm at my office. You're like, how many times can I do that, right? So I was telling him how I crushed this um, photo shoot with like an hour and a half with all these different uh, backgrounds, with all these different outfits. I'm like, I have content for like a year. And he's like, how in the hell did you do that? And I detailed it out with how I prepared for it. And he's like, this is the stuff people don't know. When they think of a content shoot, they get overwhelmed. Like how am I going to find all these locations and change outfits and all this stuff? And it's like, 
I just figured out, same with doing videos, like I bring a few different, you know, shirts, a couple different necklaces. I've got my different topics I want to talk about. I bring up some stats. I do a market report or every time I have a closing, I go in front of the house. Like we just closed here. And this is what's unique about the sale. Not like, oh, I just sold this for top dollar. It's here's what was unique, whether the seller had trouble for some reason, or they wanted privacy, didn't want to go on the market, or the buyers had an issue with their loan or something that you did to save the day. You got them credits. I just tell the, the story of it. So with that, I just decided to have some fun, do something a little different. Um, I love sparkles and champagne, but that's not what I market as a real estate agent, obviously much class, you know, much classier, but with this Instagram, I feel like I got to be a little bit of my, um, myself with it, not like my authentic self, but that, you know, fun, girly, silly side. Um, so the whole thing is called champagne selfies to real estate clients for life, because yes, Instagram did start off as a lot of different selfies and just being you like who I am. Yes. Like I like selfies and I like champagne, but I don't bring champagne to closings or anything. But this business allowed me a little bit of my creative freedom with other agents to help give them confidence to get in front of the camera, to post, helping them with what to post. Um, and a, a community of people that can support each other, can comment on each other's pictures that can message them and say, that was a great post. You know, I saw a couple of people doing reels and they're pointing and their finger wasn't even in the screen, they're like pointing and pointing and pointing. And I'm like, people, people need some help. Like they're, they're trying <laughs> or like they're pointing and the, the font, the text is like up here and it's hidden by their name or something. I'm like, I feel like all these little things that I can help people with and just create like a fun little community. So, you know what, too, because you, we, when we post and I, I push agents to do video and I push them to do things and the other agents at our office, they're very collaborative, like, you know, but it's like, you still, everyone's just like, they're like, yes, ma'ams, right? They're just like, yeah, that's great. You know, thumbs up, but having a place where people are like, you know what, you're out of frame or, you know what, this is amazing content, but did you realize your head is on the bottom half and why are you showing the sky above you? Right. I mean, just little things that like, you would hope somebody tells you, but nobody does. <laughs> exactly. Little things like when you take pictures, um, you know, if you're having, if you have a long vertical picture, it's not going to fit on your feed because it's going to be skinny and you have to resize it. So you just know you have to take pictures a little further back or you have to know whether you're shooting vertically or horizontally, depending on what platform it goes on. And the worst thing ever is having a video come through where there's two big black bars on each side because you shot it the wrong way. Um, you know, it's just, it, it's true. You don't know a lot of this stuff until you make the mistake of doing it. Remember, oh my gosh, IGT, IGTV covers for a little while were super zoomed in because yep. someone couldn't figure out some button. I said to my social people, I was like, just stop posting until you figure this out because this looks terrible. If you go back a few months, you'll see all these like IGT yeah. covers like that. And I'm like, there's something wrong. Stop. <laughs> but you don't know until you make that mistake. So helping people bridge that, that gap with all the mistakes basically so you've got it's called champagne selfies is that straight yeah, up champagne selfies it's real estate champagne selfies and um we I, I kicked it off with a live event that was a lot of fun it was a, it was really intense i had a couple panelists and just talked about my journey and talked about the importance of instagram and how things are changing and showed examples of content that i was doing that had engagement showed them ways to create content like using canva to create reviews and keep in mind i don't do a lot of this myself anymore so i had to really dig into like okay what are the bones like i started this little content calendar five years ago right. with what i wanted when i wanted stories going up my pillars monday motivation tuesday carry tv wednesday women's empowerment thursday just sold just closed um just listed hot deal 
house of the week, Friday cocktails, Saturday, Sunday, open houses or selfies or family or something like I started that, but what it's grown into over the years is much different. So I, the beginning of it, it launches September 1st, but the beginning of it is like, how do you even start? Like get, set up your profile, um, get an app, get your schedule, start creating copy content machine. And then it goes through little tips and and tricks, uh, resources. We have content, we have hashtag library, content library. And most of all, it's just like a fun community. I, I call it my poppers. My emails are like, Hey poppers. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, this the give back community of agents that are, you know, looking there to connect and collaborate and share. I mean, that, that, that abundance mindset that, uh, that agents I find, the good agents have it's the others that uh, really hold it to their chest and are too scared to share some of that and reach out to but I'm glad you're starting to share your journey because you've seen I mean if you can you know, what's your follower count at I'm sure you don't even know but it's high I mean you rank consistently really high in the in the California Association of Realtors groups that you know all these yeah. rankings that come out and you're on these stages so you've obviously done something right and it hasn't been overnight it's been a long journey of iteration yeah, um, definitely. I thank you. Yeah, I showed my first grid at my event how it looked back in the day, back in 2012 or something, and just it was so different. Like you know, we started somewhere. Everyone has to start somewhere. But if you don't know, if you're not intentional about what you're posting or curating, filtering, there's so many things you can do, and you also don't have to make it that difficult. Like just put it out there. Don't overcomplicate it. Like yes, we want. We want you to have point within the box, but at the end of the day, if you're getting it out there, that's the main, that's the main thing. And then I know, we I get, get you get people that come and will, will well, they're always going to be the people that comment to say, oh, this and that, but you're like, you just watched me, right? You exactly. Just, you consumed my content and yeah, you got something bad to say about it. Like, oh, the music's too loud here or this or that. It's like, thank you. On to the next. And by the way, I'm just about to release the next piece of content, right? Exactly. Moving on. There's you're not going to please everybody all the time. And the point is the people that are interested, that want the facts, they'll listen, you know, and they want it to be real and authentic. That's the the biggest piece. They're they're tired of the big productions, they're tired of the sleazy salesmen. They want someone that they trust helping them because it's becoming more complicated than ever to buy a house. It should be getting easier, but it's not. Totally. I mean the reason Instagram's success is doing so well with stories and why Facebook is, you know, they're redefining the way our, our, our apps look is because the consumer wants to be told a story, right? It, it's just as simple as that. Like it doesn't get more in your face to say, guys, if you're not storytelling and we all have something to tell all the time between our client messages, the things that go good, the things that go bad, the things that go flat, it's all a message and it's a story, but we think we need to produce something that's, uh, never been written before, never been said, right? Right, exactly. Nope, it's rinse and repeat. It's the same thing over and over again, which is funny that you say that because that is not how TikTok is based. You see what somebody else does and you just do the same exact thing, the same dance, the same music right. and post it is literally the ripoff nation, which makes it so easy. You don't even have to decide what content you're doing on TikTok. You just do someone else's. There's so much lip syncing. You just sit there and you lip sync. And it's, you know, it's, it's super easy. And the thing too, is if you are shy about videos, you can all, always have to get over it, but you could always do non-audio videos like reels where you just sit there. You can be in one room in your house and point like three things buyers need to know. 
or you can do like five tips about the market and stand in one place and then go stand in another place. You don't even have to speak. It's all just text. So yeah. there's so many ways to make your story heard without actually even speaking in a lot of ways on these platforms, which is great. You just went and did a buyer tour with your most boring set of property types of all time, but yet you've been into six houses that day and you certainly found three things that you liked about that tour, like that cool painting or that wicked backyard or that neat doorknob that they, I mean, so snap three pictures, post it on a reel, say my favorite things for my tours today. And exactly. it's, it's just, I like that. just slowing down a minute not even like a second and y'all yeah. right as boring or as introverted or extroverted as we are because we're all on that spectrum in real estate and um wherever you find yourself you don't have to be super creative and you don't have to worry if you're like me coming from a background of engineering <laughs> to there's stuff for us to share and we just have to share it i love it yeah um, no, really good tip yeah take take pictures of throughout your showings even if they're really ugly houses you'll find things you can take a picture of no matter I what how does somebody find that and get into involved with your champagne selfies? Or how do we direct them? Uh, the website is Ari Champagne Selfies, R E C H A M P A G N E S E L F I E S. Um, we're also on Instagram as Ari Champagne Selfies, but you can always go to my page and follow it from there. It's a good question. I don't get asked that as much yet. Um, I need a little I need a little tab for champagne selfies. I realized on here. For sure. Yes, I do. What do they call those things? Highlights. I need a champagne selfie highlight. Oh, there's so much that, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just the start of something of this journey, but regardless, you should be following. And what's your Instagram handle? It's your, your... Yep. Kerianne, Kerianne, K-E-R-I-A-N-N, K-E-R-I-A-N-N. Gotcha. So, I mean, you'll have a lot of cross sharing between both, I'm sure. So if somebody just wanted to like get behind your journey and see what you're posting, <clears throat> you know, rip off and duplicate in their own markets and just get a sense for the pace, the cadence, the commitment that you're doing and the, the different angles, I think would be a huge win for everybody just to yeah. kind of follow. And then of course, you. go further. Yeah. I'd love to see you rip off or rinse and repeat anything I do. I welcome that. Take my post, however, take the caption, do it yourself. You know, okay. we're all following each other and just trying to service our clients. So you're really? I mean, speaking of that, I mean, you've got a bit of a team there behind you now, but most people don't either have the funds for that yet uh, and they got to just start first. But I mean, how many years were you just doing all of this yourself? Um, most of it. It wasn't until 2018, I guess, 2017-ish that I got someone um, just part-time and it, it blew up because there's, you know, most of these people run big companies like Coca-Cola and stuff. So it's hard to find a niche person, but there's more of them out there. But what I talk about in this membership club is how to start, like you just get an app, whether it's a free one or $9.99 a month and what kind of content to be taking pictures of all the time. And then you just use an app to filter it, to make it look all the same, make it look pretty. And you just have a more intentional way of taking photos. You make sure you take photo where there's good lighting or a good angle. Um, you know, you don't just take photos like this in a dark room, you look for good lighting and, you know, there's just little things you can do that you can make your social media great without spending money, without hiring someone, oh. spending an hour once a week, getting all your photos together, sticking them in where they, where they should go on the app. And, you know, it just takes a little bit of time and discipline once a week. But other than that, it's all set up and automated throughout the week. 
and people are like, oh, that seems like a lot. It's like, well, nothing good comes from just sitting back and hoping, right? You got to freaking do it, right? You got to put some dedicated time in no different than doing that proper CMA for that next listing. Like if you're going right. to want social to do be done right and you want to see growth, well, you got to man woman up and take some action, right? Exactly. Yep. It's the same as um, you want to start a farm, a local farm. That's a lot of work. You got to get at the addresses. You got to figure out the marketing plan. You got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to sit open houses. You have to get open house signs. You have to get sign in sheets. You have to know the area to follow up with them. You have to have a system for that. I mean, everything. And the difference is now it's like, if you don't, you're missing the boat because your entire world is there waiting for you. And if you don't show up, they're going to find the next best thing. Yep. And uh, you, you mean. 80% plus of consumers want an agent who uses video. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's not just property tours. That's like, speak to me. Yep. Right? I want to know who you are. Moving, right. They say something of value and show me you care. Right. Yes, 100%. Yeah. If you're, if you're still thinking video isn't the answer, I'll tell you my uh, assistant was staying with me down at our desert house and her daughter was there when we were doing our live event. She was TikToking, she's eight, TikToking the entire time, just dancing on videos, watching people, her friends. The next morning we get up at 6 a.m. to start. She's TikToking at 6 a.m. Her entire world is video. So everybody coming behind us, all they're watching, even we're with some best friends last night, Cassie. And she said that she feels like she's 20 again because she watches TikTok all the time. They just watch these videos. So people, they're getting back into it or that's their entire way of being raised. People aren't looking at photos and people aren't reading anymore. They're just watching and listening. So jump on. Yeah. And every algorithm is being uh, constantly to promote those who do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you might as well jump on the train that's winning and the ones that they're, they're the biggest, you know, companies in the world are investing today, in. Right. Yeah. It's today's billboard. A video now is what used to be a billboard or what used to be a business card or right. a, mar- a postcard. It's now video. It's just evolved. Your, um, I mean, I, I got, we don't have a lot of time because I got to bounce and I know you do too, but your, I mean, being the carry the face of it. And as we just talked about social, it, it's your face and your stuff and you've got your network and your machine behind you. I mean, I'm, I've been of this mind, even back when I was running the team heavily, that the most profitable business model in real estate is being what you're doing, which is that, the, you know, that hero in a minion, or, but the minion doesn't have to be agents, it's support staff. I believe that this chase for this bigger and grander thing of teams and other stuff tends to be a wasted amount of energy versus being true to what you're doing and just building an incredible support around what your experience is about. And I wish more agents would just not let maybe ego come in and just say bigger is always better and play into your sandbox, which I believe creates a very highly profitable real estate business um, that is multiple six figures into the seven figures, like many, many are doing, right? Yeah. And the teams, real estate teams are relatively new concept over the last few years. And that's why they come in so many shapes and sizes and there's no manual with them and it's all over the place. But the thing is, what are real estate agents trying to do as they grow? 
why do they get buyers, agents and listing, you know, people under them is because they're trying to leverage and make more money than just buying and selling. So what I transitioned into is, okay, how else can I make my money work for me? So I started buying real estate, doing short-term rentals, getting more into stocks, crypto. Now I have this new other business. So I'm, I'm leveraging my real estate through other businesses, which I think is just another way, just another avenue, instead of having buyer's agents on the team, it's just making your business, leveraging the business that you spend time creating. So you're not just wasting all your money that you're making. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. I mean, I love that you mentioned, I mean, for Carrie, for those that Carrie will share on her journey, you'll see her doing things like her Airbnbs and her her and her husband, who's also a realtor, God bless them for doing this together. And, uh, but growing their using, growing their investments in real estate on top of being a rock star top agent. Um, and, uh, again, I think a lot of agents miss that point about the, uh, it's, it's like we're insider trading, right? So totally. Yes. We have the inside scoop and we're allowed to do it. Right. Yeah. More fun when you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, the flipping could be something we venture into. I love seeing what you guys are doing that whole journey, like that zone change. I was just like, holy cow, how does Darren know how to do a zone change? Yeah, I mean, that's a rabbit hole in itself. But the thing is, I didn't, right? Just like, you just do it. Do it. You figure it out. Yeah. And I got, you know what, I've been, I love that. I mean, I've been sharing that journey with my agents. We do a wins and cheers every week on the brokerage meeting. And we talk about collaboration moments, but also wins and and, and kind of F-ups. And Mm -hmm. I just continue to just share the little journey along the way. And I think one of the things I wish I did more of was share some of that just to my general database, just to see that that's out there too, right? Just share the world and show that there's this world. And that's what got me a lot of business in my early years in the early 2000s was just sharing relative real estate success. And you realize how many people want to be a part of that journey. They're not worried about uh, they don't think you're boasting. They're they're actually excited to see what you're up to. It makes you more human too with your clients. When you go through the journey of buying or selling or renting or whatever, you, you get those pain points. Like we lost on a house um, last week and I was like sad. And one of my best clients lost on a house. And I was like, don't worry, I lost a house too. And you, 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 you sympathize a little bit more when you're actually doing it yourself. You remember what it feels like to lose the house or not get the offer you want or things like that. So you have to, you have to be in the business to empathize and real estate is so much about empathy and emotional intelligence when it comes to working with, with your clients and making sure they're satisfied. Love it. Well, we have covered, I'm looking down my checklist of topics that I wrote down to try to cover with you in this power session. Um, I value your time. And of course, our listeners, just like us all, they want impact, they want something and they want to take it forward. Um, As I wrap up here, Anything that we didn't cover that you think is relevant to share? Did we kind of hit it all? Because I've we did a lot here today. Yeah, we definitely had a lot of different segments. I would just say, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, really find your why. Um, find what you're passionate about, what you want out of your life, who you want in your life. Stop trying to make excuses for people or things. You know, just go out and do it. Do the thing. Have the power. And the life that you want is within your, within your reach. And it all starts with you. Love it. Yeah. Carrie's a great testament of just how intentional she created her business. And she's exactly where she envisioned being years ago and probably way further because she just started to take action. So Carrie, um, it's been a pleasure having you on again and chatting with you. It's always, again, 
such an honor. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. I hope everybody here starts to follow you and find you and just, uh, yeah, rip off and duplicate and, 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 and do your, your version of you and, and things will come. But yes, everybody, that was another re-education experience podcast. Uh, again, thank you for your time and attention. I value it greatly. And I hope if this resonated with you, you take some action forward. And I can't wait to uh, share the next one with you. So everybody have a fantastic day. Carrie, once again, thank you so much. My pleasure. Woohoo! Woo. Thanks for having me.